Welcome to the Save Par Golf Podcast. We have a special guest today. Uh, actually, it's it's nighttime where he's at. We have Jordan with Odin Golf. Welcome to the podcast, Jordan. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So you are from Berlin, Germany. Is that correct? I'm down and live from Berlin. I grew up in the States, but I've lived here for many years. And yeah, we're, we're it's been fun. We we can get into it about the whole Odin stuff and save par. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been fun out here. And um, I, I had to make it here, even if it's late. Fun fact, I took German in middle school and retained none of it. <laughs> so I, do you speak German then too? Being out there, is it or is it? It, it's it's such a hard language i i basically i've lived here eight years and it's survival german it's basically ordering food <laughs> maybe maybe a couple of pickup lines here and there but it's it's uh it's a hard one i can count to 10 and that's about it i mean that'll get you pretty far here yeah if you order you know if you're gonna try to order you know five six drinks he knows how to you know pick that up would be a problem or just order that's off, right. like, a menu i just want number five there yeah exactly there um, yeah, that's so, yeah, they yeah, they have everything on their menus numbered here. So that that will get you pretty decent stuff. There you go. So if we if we make our way out there, we got we got uh we got someone to help us out too. I can count to 10. We're golden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Odin Golf um said I stumbled across your Instagram page. Uh thought it was really cool. Loved the look of the golf balls. What what's kind of the uh the background behind Odin Golf? So we so there's four of us founders. We're all based in Berlin and all of us have kind of tech backgrounds. We worked in various kind of tech companies in Berlin, throughout Europe, and then through the US as well. And then we happen to be complete golf nuts. So our basically our respite from work over the the many years has been basically on the track, cold hats, music, hitting nukes, you know, the all of the above and more. Absolutely. And about, so we, we literally just started, we're, we're very fresh into the company. So about nine months ago, the four of us were playing and it, we're a mix of handicaps. So myself, I play between a 12 and a 14. And then the other guys are kind of around 18s or twenties, kind of around there. So we're, we're just kind of, you know, hit the track, you know, have some fun, have a couple pops, um, don't take it too seriously. We're all competitive people, but we, you know, we're, we're just out there to have fun. So we, we were on the track about nine months ago and we all looked at each other and we're losing balls and we're, we're not having a great round. And we just looked at each other and we said, well, why aren't we losing our own golf balls? Like, why are we losing golf balls of brands that in some cases are a hundred years old they're old, they're stuffy, and they don't speak to us, us being kind of late twenties through thirties and, and, you know, kind of that range. And that kind of kicked off basically the, the seed crystal, the idea for Odin of kind of incubating and creating our own golf balls. And it turned into this completely, uh, really ambitious, massive vision. And the vision for us simply is just to own the entire golf experience. And yeah. we, as you guys know, the golf landscape is, I mean, there's everything under the sun you can think of. There's apparel, there's balls, there's clubs, there's AI swing assistance, there's, uh, you know, custom golf carts. 
And we basically, we said, look, okay, this is such an exciting ecosystem. There's a lot of these challenger brands that are basically chopping at the heels of all, you know, the, the Titleist and Callaway and, you know, the kind, kind of, of the big name brands. Yeah. The big name brands that we all grew up playing. And we said, look, okay, if we're going to do the damn thing here, like we got to put our own flair on it. And how can we kind of make this a little bit different, zig a little bit while others are zagging, um, but also build a massive business owning the entire golf experience globally. So we said, look, we, we want this golf traditionally, and this is especially true in Germany. It's very much behind the U S and that it's still very elitist, very stuffy. In fact, here they require people most courses require you to have a license uh, that you basically have to take a test, like a driver's test to be able to play on the course. And, and for the three, yeah, for the three of us who grew up, you know, in the U S where it's like anyone can play, right. It's, you know, it it was completely odd moving here and seeing that. That is strange. So is that, is that if you're like using, like trying to drive like a golf cart or is that like, even if you're like walking on a course, you still need to have some sort of license just even. If you want to pick up a club, grab some tools and hit the track. You need you in most cases, there are a few exceptions of courses that will allow you to play, but most of them work require a license. That's interesting. I never knew that. That's uh, but, it, but it, it's very true. Like you said, uh, very traditional, you know, with, with some of the stuff that we have like, so like we talk about, talked about numerous times with like the sweatshirts and like the, the collars, you know, everything you need at certain country clubs require, of course, the collared shirts and the, the polos and all that. And, and, and that's the, that's the cool thing about golf. It's, I, I feel like it's heading in the right direction as far as transitioning into, to, you know, the cool looking shoes, the custom shoes the you know, you could wear a sweatshirt on, yeah. on the course. If golf you want. itself is evolving and becoming younger in a sense, right. You know, we're seeing, Pro athletes wear joggers when we're playing golf. You know, joggers are comfy, so I'm all well, about right, the joggers. Right, we're talking about Ricky, but, and you know, he wore um, the high top Pumas, and absolutely. was it Rory who wore the hoodie? Yep, Rory, Rory wore I think Rory and Justin Thomas, I think too. But yeah, yeah, we're seeing golf progressively get younger, and all of these country clubs are progressively not getting younger, which is interesting. You know, if you want to grow the game. X, Y, and Z, you'd think they would have some kind of leeway. That license is weird because I don't think I'd ever pass it, but it's definitely different. Yeah, it is different. Well, I, I will say, I think you need, uh, what's the highest handicap you can get? Is it like a 50 or something? Um, you basically I need, I, I mean, hopefully we don't get to that point, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm not there yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's, it's, um, I think pretty much, you just need a heartbeat and not screw up the cores and tear it up. And I, I think you're good, but it's just the principle of that's just like another barrier that someone would need to go through. And then the the second thing here, especially um, that is the case with golf. Like I remember when I first moved here and I told people that I golfed and they looked at me funny and they said, well, you're not 65 years old. And I said, well, what do you mean? And they said, well, m- like my parents play golf or like you do that when you're retired here. Like you don't do that as a, as a, as a, you know, a, a young whippersnapper like yourself. Sure. And uh, it was these, these things, 
Germany traditionally, I, I think, is a little bit behind in the U.S. and that, you know, the risk factor is very different here. They want to see kind of proven models and, you know, the, it's just a different culture. And there's a lot of awesome things about the culture and every every place has pros and cons. Um, so for us, part, we're actually our team split. Some of us are based in Berlin and then the rest of us are in Austin and then in California. And so we're, we're very focused on the U.S. and we bounce back and forth. Uh, I was just there for a couple months on our road show. We just launched our new X-Ball, which is super cool. So it's um, luckily it's uh, it's kind of um, really easy to, to tap into that and, and have presence in both places. But it is like you guys were saying with the hoodies and kind of the, these more eclectic polos and, and these new kind of um, these threads that are coming out. Also, like, for example, the streetwear crossover coming onto the course. Um, it's it's really, it's awesome to see. We're really excited because we're part of that wave and we kind of want to build part of that wave. You guys growing up playing, what was kind of the quintessential outfit that you guys would have? Uh, for a long time, I just wore shorts and it's like a polo. Mm -hmm. You know, I did, I'm a little bit different to where I took lessons when I was younger and then just didn't play for a long time. Cause I didn't have any friends who played golf, yeah. you know? So I was kind of like, Oh, well, I haven't played in a long time, blah, blah, blah. But then as it started going, it was like, um, you know, just a nice pair of shorts, uh, polo. And now it's like starting to evolve into my own thing where I'll wear like my, my, my favorite socks are stance. So I like some of the colors from stance. I wear mm -hmm. the Puma RSGs. So it's basically a sneaker. Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah. And then it's like a fun quarter zip if it's cold or rainy, like it is today. But it, my style is like, I'm, it's like a mix of like your classic golf with a little bit of my flair to it, mm -hmm. whether it's like the fun hat or my hair or whatever it is. I don't really feel like I'm wearing like knee highs and knickers anymore. Or... And, and I got kind of into it where uh, when Ricky really kind of was emerging, like with all the crazy, the orange and all that. And that was right. kind of like my style. I loved it. I'm like, I'm, I'm young. He's young and he's definitely got this great like following behind him. He, cause it's not just his style, but just the, you know, the, uh, the way he is, his personality has always been known to be a, a great guy that signs all autographs and things. So it was like, that really kind of sparked it. I'm like, I kind of like that style as well. But I will say like back then, you know, you buy those pants or polos, you'd get a lot more like looks or like, what is this guy wearing back then mm -hmm, versus right. now it's like, dude, I love that polo. Where'd you get it? Mm -hmm. You know, which, so you can definitely tell that there has been a transition or a change even from like when he first started wearing those crazy polos and, you know, with the long hair and all that. So uh, mm -hmm. said, we talked about earlier, it's definitely moving in the right direction, but I think that you know, it's the look good, play good. And, and why not look good in something that you are comfortable in that you might, it might not be that traditional golf polo and khaki pants or whatever. So. Yeah. And, and I think with any sort of community or uh, just way of doing things, there's always kind of a late adopter laggard element to something. And I, I think, to an extent that probably like golf, especially, I think that's very age specific. 
not that we have anything against 45 plus or, or 65 plus yeah, it's when not there yet. <laughs> yeah, not, we're not, nowhere, we're, near, right. not nowhere near the forties yet. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We're, we, you know, we, we, we still got, got some time to make hay, but exactly. it's, um, I wouldn't expect, and we see this with, with, with Odin is I, you know, we wouldn't expect people in those age groups to change their behavior um, they may be interested and say, oh, this is cool and interesting, but someone like that is probably not going to look at Ricky like you and say, hey, I'm going to just change my wardrobe and start rocking some, you know, some orange knickers, right? It's, it's, um, they're just, they grew up just ingrained in, in kind of the old guard of golf, right? Absolutely. A hundred percent agree with you. Well, uh, this might be a dumb question for you, but wh- where did the name come from? Oh, what is it? Is there like a certain meaning behind behind Odin Golf? So part of the going hearkening back to what I was saying before when we started out, we wanted something that was bold, eclectic, a, a bit in your face, a bit cheeky, and you know, hence the tagline "Go balls out always." Uh, and I love that. <laughs> yeah. So that that kind of tells you where, where we were kind of coming at this uh, and, you know, the angle. So Odin is the Nordic God of wisdom and um, he's actually many different things, but that's kind of the main uh, tagline for him. And there's been some Avenger crossover, but we have two Germans on our teams and actually one Brit as part of the founding team. And we said, well, shit, we might as well pay homage to the motherland here. Uh, What's kind of a strong name that, uh, would look great on a golf ball and could fit that tagline. And we said, well, Odin kind of fits the bill there. I love that. That's very cool. I love the uh, kind of the little slogan there too. The number one ball you can uh, afford to lose. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. We, and, and I think for us, one of the kind of the, the vibes of, of what we wanted it to be is come one, come all. Um, Cause I, I think in, it said in another way, one of the big pains that we want to solve with Odin is flipping the traditional model on its head, if you will, mm-hmm. is to say, hey, we're making golf more accessible. And there, there's a lot of these companies like ourselves that, that you guys have seen that are very eclectic and, and new and challenging kind of the status quo of golf who are basically solving the same thing of we want this to be accessible to everyone. And I think the other big trend that we saw in wave is that a lot of people picked up a club during the pandemic because it was one of the few things that people could do that was some sort of active other than running and maybe doing some outdoor crossfit it was hey like my friends are playing like shit well i'll pick up a club like cool like maybe i'm a skateboarder or i'm a surfer or i'm a baseball player whatever it is but it's people it just like opened up the gates which is super awesome and what that's one of the reasons why we got so excited uh, you know you yeah as you kind of read my mind there i was i before we hopped on here we were that was one of the questions that we were kind of just talking about i was like I, i'm curious to know if um where you're where you're at if you've actually you know with the lockdown how, how everything's kind of been handled and not only that obviously it's not we're not trying to get into anything political here but if like where we're at in minnesota here it was probably the most golf courses were pretty open. Yeah. Yeah. All just got a little my dog here. Um, but yeah, no, oh, yeah, golf, so good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think people that have never played golf picked up a club and started playing golf, which is very cool. I mean, we 
again, in Minnesota, we do have a lot of people playing golf. So there are challenges because golf can be slow, which is another huge topic, which we can chat about later, but the pace mm-hmm. of play and all that, but Oh yeah. Yeah. Growing the game is what we're all about. And that's, that's kind of the whole reason behind safe park golf and why we're having you on the podcast. You know, we found a company that looked very cool and has uh, something that I, I think has great potential and, and we're all about growing the game of golf. So, and that we feel, you know, at the end of the day, the core values between Odin and safe are very similar. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. fact that, you know, golf is for everybody. You can just pick up and club and play. You don't have to, you know, be a 10 year. Yeah. You don't have to be playing for 10 years or whatever. You don't have to be good. Mm-hmm. Like, just right. like, go out there, have fun, drink some beers with some buddies. If you're of age, of course. And if mm-hmm. you're not, you know, oh well. Yeah. <laughs> but, but is yeah. that something that you've, uh, is that kind of what you had seen, you know, in, in Berlin as well? Is that, has that been kind of the case where you're seeing a lot more people pick up the club and, and, you know, during lockdown, I don't know if you guys had lockdowns there too. I'm sure you probably have, we've had a few. Yeah, we definitely had our fair share of lockdowns. And I, I think it was for the most part, it was a little bit behind over here than the U S with, rollouts of different things and and lockdowns and such. And I know the U S is very specific on the region of how, how things were done with golf. There were some restrictions, for example, like one person to a cart, like, like mid pandemic, people could still play or you can only go two at a time. And, um, you know, those sort of rules. Okay. I did kind of pretty stand like that's kind of, we had that too. Did you have anywhere you had the, uh, plastic in between the two seats? Or you either had to have the, you either had to live with the same, that person, or if you, if you were just a friend, you actually had to have two separate carts, but for a while they even had plastic in between the golf carts at some courses here. I don't know if that's something that was, I never saw that here. Yeah. Francis Uh, gross. They had, they had that. I was, it was kind of weird because the, they like bungeed the plastic. So it was like thick plastic, but like if you t- <laughs> took too much of a hard turn left or right, would it like, like swing? No, like the bungee and the plastic, like almost get wrapped up in the steering wheel. Oh. And it just was just a complete inconvenience. And I mean, I see what they were trying to do, but it's the thought that counts. Yeah. Do you have any? I, I was, yeah. I was just thinking how, how that works in practice and how they attach that damn thing. But, um, I mean, yeah, I was surprised hey, how the yeah. work. It was weird. Yeah, shit. Um, th- I didn't see any sort of plastic divider inside of golf cart. Um, although that would have been kind of funny to watch, but <laughs> it was, um, it was, uh, yeah, basically one to a car and then it went to two to a car and then, yeah, same household, you know, there were the household rules, but it was one thing I did notice here at least over the past couple of years is that I have noticed a lot more younger people picking up clubs and going to the range, not necessarily playing, but going to the range and trying stuff out. And Berlin is such an eclectic city. It, it has like this mix of music and art and there's tech and there's a blue collar and there's banking and it all comes together in tandem. Yeah. And it has, I, I don't know if you guys know about the history of the city, um, uh, pr- prior to, to 89, they had the, you know, the DDR era where they had the Berlin wall up. Yep. And, um, so they had all that, but through the nineties and the two thousands, even today, it still has this grunge to it. Like 
even in really, really safe areas, you see graffiti on buildings. And I, I think that's kind of a, a, you see that a lot in Europe. It not necessarily means it's a bad area. It's just kind of how people express themselves and okay. how people view graffiti. But it's, um, it's, I, I noticed that the people, the younger people that have gone to the cores are dressed very hipster, like, like they're wearing dad caps backwards and, Maybe they're wearing jeans, jackets, and or maybe they're wearing jeans and they're wearing they're wearing sneaks. So, not your not your typical in quote to air quotes uh, your typical uh, golf uh, attire. If you know you were going to say etiquette, weren't yeah, you? I was. I was, was <laughs> going to use the wrong word there for a second, but yeah, it's, it's you're like, oh, okay, this is they're they're still hitting these golf balls and wanting to learn, but they're not wearing that, you know cliched outfit that most people you would think would be wearing. Yeah. And, and well, and here's the thing about the etiquette and I'm sure you guys have your take on kind of general etiquette on the course. I I think one thing that I've noticed here and a lot of things don't really aren't sticking points for me on the course or a couple of things, but the, the big thing for me is just the general cognizance and awareness and, and that fits into the pace of play. And I have noticed that newer people that have come to the course here that, um, ha, you know, whether you're playing behind them or, uh, you're, you're playing in front of them and they're hitting India is the pace of play and the general cognizance of like, Hey, if I'm, having a shitty round like that that's like we always have those uh you know uh, every so often unfortunately but, yeah we have a more than more than better round, or good rounds right <laughs> yeah and but but keep you know keep things up you know just be aware that hey there's a group behind you and there's a pile up and you know keep it up and maybe don't reload uh if if you don't have to you know that kind of thing um or i've seen a couple times like people like I hit a ball into the fairway and someone else is playing into the fairway and they pick, pick the ball up or they hit your ball. And it's just, you know, little stuff like that. And I think there, there are some basic things. And I think this is kind of what say par and what we're doing to an extent is there's some education also involved of like, here's here are the basic things of golf, not being sticklers about it, but like, here's some things to kind of get you through the round that, and, and also makes it more fun too, to an extent. Right. Exactly. You should also have like a instruction list for beginners, like in golf for dummies, golf for dummies in the golf cart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And, and just, and, and again, I, I think that that's one of the stigmas that golf has had is it's just like such a stickler rule oriented game. That's just incredibly uh, stuffy and uh, militant to an extent. But I think part of there are elements of the game and the rules of the game. Another one is fixing the ball marks, which uh, I know there's, there's many camps on this one, but it's just, you know, it's like a general courtesy thing. Like, Hey, if you're, if you're dancing on a par three, you know, hit the putt, obviously, you know, you better hit the bird, but you know, fix the ball mark too. Right. Yeah. That I would say, so like you said, pace of play is probably the number one issue. I think, I mean, and I don't even actually, I would say price. Because price is, I think, a huge problem for a lot of younger kids. I mean, you have mm-hmm. a couple. I mean, it's just like you go to a movie or or anything. Everything is so expensive nowadays. So it's going to cost you a hundred, hundred and twenty dollars to go to a movie with three kids, and you know what I mean. Popcorn and drink, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's kind of that same same sense is that you go play around a golf with your kid or two kids, and 
it's a little bit cheaper, but still it's, it's, it's expensive depending on where you're playing and you're going to pay to play at a decent course. And I'm saying like a decent course, it, it's, it's not cheap. No, even like an executive, some of those, you know, you're playing nine holes. Some of those, those are still like 25, 30 bucks, which is, mm-hmm. yeah, which is crazy, which is a lot for, for nine, exact. but I would say price pace of play. And then like, yeah, like you said, there golf is, we're not, no one's trying to be sticklers here, but really we're just trying to take care of what we want to continue to use the course and play this mm-hmm. course. And, and, you know, those are just something that you should do. I'm always curious to know how much of the price goes back into the course. You know what I mean? Like whether it's maintenance or improving or even changing it. Now, how much of your, you know, 120 bucks goes into the golf course? Mm-hmm. That's a good yeah, question. that that's a really interesting. So we, so part of what we're doing with Odin is selling into we our balls are sold at pro shops, so we get to know the court, the different courses, and how they're run and operated. So there are there are many different, I think, methods for courses. One thing we notice is, um, for example, there's a lot of courses in California that are owned by these kind of real estate management companies but they're managed privately by like a single owner or, uh, or a couple owners. And, and we, when we talk with a lot of these courses, especially in areas that are heavily populated with, with golfers and like, for example, one in San Diego that, that we went and visited, it was just in horrible shape. Like, but the, it was the T sheet was full completely. And when we were talking with, um, the marshals and the people working there, they just said, yeah, it's like, they, they just don't want to put any, like this course needs like one or 2 million bucks to put in and just need to fix the greens and the fairways. And, and the other thing that California has, for example, is a, a massive drought. So that oh, yeah. doesn't ha- help, help, uh, you know, a golf course at all. But I think it's um, what, what you're saying is, it can, kind of what you're speaking to is you want it to be kind of reinvested into the course. And I, I think there, it's not a one size fits all. There are really nice courses in the U S and I'm sure there are great courses in Minnesota too. Um, yeah. But the ones we've talked with, they just, they, they struggled to kind of put it back in because, you know, there's, there's overhead running a course. There's, you know, the general real estate, you have to pay your employees, you know, keep the golf carts up, all that stuff. Right. Yeah, I was I was out in Phoenix actually not too long ago and played out there, uh, just a quick little trip. But we played a few rounds and uh, that same kind of thing. Like you go to golf now and you know you see the reviews and I was like, okay, it's got a really good review. It's cheap. And then we went out there and now I realize why we paid twenty five dollars with a cart for this. And again, it's Phoenix, Arizona, so it's hot. It's hot and the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the the drought. It's very dry out there, obviously, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just funny how you could see $25 and most people that are going to play in the afternoon are more or less tourists because most people that are there are playing early in the morning, beating that heat. But mm-hmm. it was uh, to, to play a course that was, you know, we played TPC champions course for 65 bucks. Hotel, uh, nice. For, yeah. So it wasn't bad at all. Yeah. A really good deal. Uh, but then we played this other course, paid $25. And, you know, you look at some of the reviews and say, okay, I, hopefully these reviews aren't, aren't just like paid like reviews. Cause we got there and I, like, it, it, it was like, the greens were absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. And then, and then on top of that, it was that, that, that weight, which was, which I was, we played it kind of fairly early in the morning. It was like mid morning, but I mean, it was like a four and a half, almost five hour round, which 
you know, you're playing that course and the way that it was just like a double whammy. It was just, it was not fun. And I, and, and you think about all the people that are waiting ahead of you and, and they're probably kind of thinking the same thing. And it's like, that's where the price was obviously cheap, but it's like, okay, where, what do you, what do you do on that situation? I mean, the price is cheap for a reason clearly, but then again, now you're waiting four and a half, five hours and, Again, nobody really wants to play a four and a half, five hour round of golf. And you're waiting. You know, yeah, especially at two in the afternoon at Phoenix when it was like 110. <laughs> yeah, it was about 115. And, and, you know, I think I must have had, I don't know how much water. I, that is a nice thing. They do, you know, fly around quite a bit, giving you cups of ice and water. But so you don't really drink out in the course at that time because you get so dehydrated. So you save that for after the fact. But mm-hmm. it was just... It was not really enjoyable. The, the, the trip was fun, but that round was mm-hmm. just brutal. And it's like, I, I don't think that really grows the game. I think it really hurts the game. And that was, mm-hmm. that was one, one of my takeaways. And again, it's not necessarily the course's fault, but you can tell that some of these premium courses really do a really good job of knowing how to manage the course and manage the tee times and push people along. Cause you don't want to, you know, everyone's paying for the most part, the same price. I know you can, can get some deals on certain certain websites and apps, but for the most part, everyone's paying the same price. So there's that pushback. Well, I just paid the same amount mm-hmm. and why should I, you know what I mean? So like mm-hmm, there's that, mm-hmm. but if, if, if we can somehow kind of uh, eliminate the, the long pace of play, I, again, I'm not really an expert on that, but I think that definitely pushes people away from, from going to certain golf courses. I mean, that's happened to me several mm-hmm. times. I like got almost rather pay a little bit more and play mm-hmm. a nice course and cruise through it than pay 20, $30 less and have to wait for four and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Do you guys do regular golf trips every year like that? Not really. This was, we actually, I, so I'm not, I'm not invited. He I wasn't should, invited. I should one. specify. I've never <laughs> been. Oh invited. man. Well, for the record, I've only really been on two other golf trips in the last year. For the record, that's two more than I've ever been on. <laughs> well, well, we'll definitely be planning a trip, but I, it was with my two brothers and, the, and another guy. And honestly, I talked about it on the previous podcast, but it was $205 for a round trip, hotel, airfare, everything. And we stayed at a golf resort. So we, we played different golf courses, but it was a Friday to Monday. So, I mean, it was like hard to pass up. Granted it was in Phoenix and it was 115, but for two hundred five dollars with airfare, uh, direct flights both ways, it was it was a steal. Oh so yeah, like, where'd you guys stay? So we stayed at um, the Legacy Golf Resort, and the sad mm-hmm. thing is, the resort was fantastic, but we actually didn't even play at the golf resort. <laughs> we had to cut it short, so we didn't get to play it. That we kind of were planning to play it at the the last day, just to so we didn't have to go around. But we played the mm-hmm. uh, TPC. Um, and then two other court courses. One was the Phoenix. It's a shorter course, but it was a, it was a fun course. Uh, and then the last one, I I'm trying to, I'm drawing a blank. It was so bad that I forgot the name, but oh, that was a $25 one. <laughs> that was a $25 one. Yeah. That was just a terrible experience all around. But again, I can't really complain paying $205 and getting a, a trip, a golf trip with the boys. It was, it was fantastic. So I, we're, I know I kind of talked to you a little bit, uh, previously, but our, kind of our goal or our plan is just to, to get a big tournament next year. So we're trying to get influencers and just some other people put a big tournament out next summer in June. So that that's kind mm-hmm. of our plan. We still got a lot in the works, um, but we're kind of making a, 
um, strides to, to getting that uh, taken care of. The, the hard part is, is we have several courses that we really want and, and the two of them are kind of far away, not far away, but they're like a 40 to an hour. And it's like, it just seems too far because mm-hmm. I'm kind of downtown Minneapolis and we're going to kind of host a kind of an after party afterwards downtown. So mm-hmm. my thought was not to have a whole day of tournament golfing and people boozing and then have to somehow figure out how to get an hour back. We're thinking about a bus, but it's like, I just don't know if that would even really be. So we got a lot of, we're, we're, we're kind of in the mix, but again, we, we want to grow the game. We want to get other brands out there. That's kind of mm-hmm. our whole idea. Uh, and, you know, being that we have kind of a decent following, it's awesome to connect with, uh, different influencers and golfers all over the world, which is pretty incredible. Sorry about that. I said, our, my, my dog is playing with her, uh, her toy. <laughs> we have a little toy. I have a little toy poodles over a year. So she's playing around. So I apologize, but, uh, um, nice. but you know, that that's kind of the whole purpose is to, to kind of get everyone together and, and, and help grow the game. And, and everyone has kind of their own style, but Again, uh, you know, it's something I know we talked about before that love to have you a part of it. And I know we're still, like I said, kind of a long ways out, but I'm kind of a like to plan way ahead. So, yeah, it sounds awesome. And uh, we, we definitely want to be a part of it. it we're, we're excited. And um, yeah, I, I think those things for sure, are a lot of work and very detailed. So, um, yeah, just just let us know if we can support in any way. How are the courses in Minnesota actually? Um, they're pretty nice. Uh, I mean, it's like anywhere though. Like you get a couple duds here and there, but you know, generally, you know, around Minneapolis, they're pretty nice. You go a little out of Minneapolis, they're pretty nice. If you go way out of Minneapolis, they're really nice. <laughs> yeah, it kind of depends <laughs> on where you're at. Like, do, do we do you have a lot of like private courses, or is that or do you have a lot? Of, would you say they're more public courses, probably? Or uh, so they're. Um, there are it's a mix i think it's it's probably more on the private side here especially um but yeah the reason why i ask is is yeah like where, where you guys play immunis or, or 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 like yeah where you guys play basically most of them are munis yeah we play mm-hmm. um like being that live downtown we play a lot of the the minneapolis or st paul golf courses and for being city owned there there's actually a few of them that are in pretty decent shape and they are fairly competitive in price. So it's not, not terrible. Um, but then again, it depends on how far you kind of venture off. Cause you can find some really nice courses. Yeah, there are some hidden gems here. If you know where to look. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, he's uh, got a place cabin up North. Yeah, and way there's, up north. Some, there's probably, they're probably in the top five courses, public courses in the state of Minnesota. So they're like really beautiful courses. So yeah, you can kind of find some, and then we, of course, you know, we have uh, hosted the, the Ryder Cup with the Hazeltine, which is mm-hmm. yeah, 30 minutes from here, yeah. 35 minutes. Which and then is, we have the 3M Open at TPC Twin Cities down here. Yeah. That's oh, sick. Yeah, nice. so the, the Minnesota cool. is definitely, I mean, we're bordered next to Wisconsin, which we don't mm-hmm. talk about, <laughs> which we're not a big fan, and we're big football Vikings fans here. So they're okay. Packer right. fans, but right. Uh-huh. Um, but obviously the 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 Ryder Cup is being hosted in Whistling Straits this year. So Wisconsin definitely has some. That's the one thing I will say that they have some amazing golf courses, beautiful tracks, mm-hmm. but we, we do have that kind of that sneaky good. We, we do have some good courses. And again, there's now that we, the tournament was the three, it was the 
three and open, but it was a senior open. It was and like they, the three and championship or something. And now it's the open, right? Yeah. So it used mm-hmm. to be a senior tour and then they moved that to, I believe Sioux falls. And then that's so now we picked up the three and open, which has been three uh, years now, three years. Yeah. yeah. So it, mm-hmm. it, we are starting to get some, a little bit more publicity on the, on the PGA side in Minnesota, yeah. which is cool to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so, it sounds like a great golf community. And I think for you guys, uh, you know, incubating a tournament, you know, getting people to come as a destination and, and just kind of growing the community, I think is awesome. And it seems like a great place to do it too. Yeah. I don't know if this is a true fact or not, but I've always been, I've heard that Minnesota has the most yeah, golfers yeah, per capita in the country. So mm-hmm. like that's where, where we run into, I think we're get a little bit more impatient where the pace of play is, gets a little long because there's so many people that are, you know, and, and we're also on a kind of a shortened time period because we have winter and yeah. fall. And so sometimes it's snows like six months out of the year. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So really it's weather mm-hmm. dependent as well. And then, you know, once right. the snow starts to melt, everyone's ready to rock and roll and everyone's booking tea time. So it's, it, it, it's a, it's a great place to live. We love it here. And the, you know, the, the change of seasons are fantastic. Mm -hmm. as soon as Mm -hmm. it hits like 45 or 50 people are like oh i gotta get my clubs and you're just like dude they're still still on the ground (laughs) yeah but people here it's like doesn't matter rain or shine they're out there it could be 50 mile an hour howling winds they're still out there yeah we have some troopers out here that will literally like it's a different kind of golf community versus like phoenix or florida where it's generally like a retirement type state yeah Yeah, we got some yeah, de- yeah, yeah, definitely. Have you? Uh, I imagine you guys have played in the snow before. I, I well, I've gotten caught in the snow a few times. Like I didn't, it didn't anticipate it to be snowing outside. But yeah, <laughs> that that's happened. Like so, the not the average weekend warrior where you're now you're bundled up wearing like long johns and pants and you know, sweatcher, like, jacket, and a, you know, you're hat like on. double gloved up. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, we'll do whatever it takes to get out there and hit the ball. I said, you get so impatient from waiting for so long that. Yeah, you like know, said, whenever it hits like 50 degrees, you're like, I, I got the itch. Yeah. Right. You know, there is some snow on the ground. Yeah. That That's there was a, there was a year. It's probably about got to be like 10 years now, but we had a really mild winter, surprisingly. And I think I golfed on Christmas Eve. <laughs> it was like eight or nine years ago. And it was crazy. It was like, oh, it man. Was like a stretch where like it didn't snow and it was like. 55 60 degrees out i'm like and so many people were out there which is very rare in minnesota mm-hmm. i mean it snows in october you know so we've had mm-hmm. pretty mild winters the last i mean last year was kind of cold it was cold but we didn't have like uh, snow wise it was snow, pretty yeah. mild but yeah it was still cold as can be so that, yeah that, it, is that is that kind of where where you're at too are you pretty limited on your on your golf as far as throughout the winter months or the year it is similar to you guys in that there are, there is season separation and I mean, growing up in California where you could golf year round. So it was, it was definitely hard to, to grasp moving here and, and saying, well, like, yeah, it's snowing, but I still want to get out. It's December. Like I'm used to playing in December and the, I, I guess when it is snowing, I I've been out to play a bunch of times during when it's, when it's snowed and it, it's, it's not like you're going out there and you're, you're going to have a round. You're just out there to have some fun and, you know, hits the sticks Sweet. and stuff. Absolutely. And then, and then the, the, the other thing is 
it's like hitting on granite. Like the ground is, you know, it's like you're at a bowling alley and you know, the ball, the ball just rolls, right? It doesn't stop. Yeah. You could drive the green. Oh, completely. yard par four and you could just Bryson DeChambeau it. No problem. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> or like you, or like you hit a great shot and you know, you're, you're about to be dancing and then it's like on the next tee box. Yeah. You know? It takes a 30 foot high bounce and yeah, exactly. You're in the next tee box. Right. Yeah we we've got i've done that a few times typically i'll like towards the very end of the year i like to play just some of the par threes or executive courses like you said just to kind of get your swings in Mm -hmm. oh yeah definitely so when you guys play over the summer for example like what what does your course experience look like are you playing music are you having cold hats are you like what what does that look like for you guys um so I'm not allowed to drive. So Derek drives and then I get okay. in control of everything else. Yeah. So we play some music. We like to, we're pretty laid back. So if we play like a par three, we'll just, we'll walk and we'll play some music on the phone. Shorts, shorts, t-shirts. Shorts and a t-shirt yeah. on the par threes for sure. Hat backwards or whatever it yeah. might be. And then on any, like the, the 18 hole course that we play. Yeah. We normally have like a, we have like the We're couple different better. Bluetooth yeah. speakers too, that will, will crank some tunes out there. I mean, I so we normally like, if we get paired up with, if it's not four of us or something, if we get paired up with someone, we always kind of just ask, say, Hey, do you mind if we play some music pretty like laid back with it and try to be, uh, you know, still have the proper etiquette, yeah, but still if, have our fun, you know, cause at the end of the day, we only have like what, three, four five months out of the year to, mm-hmm. you know, legitimately play golf. Mm-hmm. you know so you want to enjoy it so why would you play in silence i guess i don't know yeah mm-hmm. I, 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 i'm fine either way but i think the music is definitely kind of taken uh, you hear you see it a lot more I, I used to see it a lot in like tournament play like just like you know fun scrambles but now mm-hmm. it's like everyone like i don't know how many times i've played golf and i can hear music you know not where it's like annoying but it's nice to like kind of hear that other people are also yeah jamming out out, having fun you know like i think it's different like if it's like there's a time and place for everything right so obviously if it's like 9 a.m and you come and you're just blasting like pop smoke or whatever you probably shouldn't do that however i definitely do do that and i'm guilty of that um but you have to be respectful of you know if it's crowded like we were talking to other people around you. I think there's a time and place where you can kind of, you know, keep it quiet, keep it down a little bit. Um, there was like a couple of times where I've been like, talked to where they're like, Hey, you should like turn it down. And I'm like, Hey, I'm having fun. Like, let me be, mm-hmm. let me live my life. I'm in my yeah. 20s. How about yeah, you? definitely you're pretty laid back where you're at. You, you like to jam out with the music then. And so here, um, people definitely don't play music. They don't, drink on the course. I mean, I have seen people maybe carry beers there. There's no koozies in sights. And that's one of the things I'm, I'm joking about with the Odin crew here is we want to pioneer koozies in, in Germany. Um, koozies are sick. Yeah. So to piggyback off of that though, so do yeah. you guys not have like cart girls then or beverage carts that drive around, or is that something that is common there or uncommon? Uh, not particularly common. Uh, on occasion you'll see the marshal driving around he'll have like a little cooler and like hey do you want a water or something and it's 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 very rare i haven't i've yet to see here it's just yeah it gets back to what i was saying before is that i think here it's still just a little bit not behind but a little bit uh, kind of a little bit in a way man it must suck like spending all day at work thinking man 
right for the cart girl and then it's like, <laughs> dude yeah, yeah. Like, man yeah we don't have <laughs> yeah. any beer here but i can get you a water i can get you a water and i'm just like i know yeah i mean uh, I, yeah i mean there's many ways to stay hydrated but that's not one of them <laughs> what i'm looking for it's not that's not our favorite way i'm looking for some swing lube so yeah, yeah I, I think it's um it's just again just the demographic and i think people here are just like okay we're going to be buttoned up on the course and oh yeah like germans drink their beers and they'll have their schnitzel after and you know they'll have their cowboy killers and stuff but not a party. they um yeah they 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 want to be kind of crisp and buttoned up on the course and it, it's it's very different than than what we're talking about here but i I'll, I'll still put my phone in my bag and, and play. I'll get some looks sometimes when I'm just like, well, you know, sue me. I like, yeah, like exactly. who gives a fuck, man? Like, right. come on. Like we're, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm, have I'm, fun. I want to, yeah, I want to, I want to play some, some yacht rock here. I want, want some hollow notes, right? <laughs> yeah, you know? there you go. Backdrop backdrops for the bomb. So it's, um, but uh, yeah, it, it's every culture is different and, and that's something that I've seen, but um, it's, uh, it's a fun culture, but on the course, it's, it's, it's a bit behind, I'd say. Very, so just to kind of transition, I know actually we, we talked about the Ryder Cup that's going to be starting here this week. Well, I want to talk yeah. about Oh yeah, go ahead. So, you know, like we were talking about growing the game and everything about how like affordable golf courses could be. I think a big step would be like making premium golf balls affordable. You know, and you guys, I think, do a really good job, you know, per dozen. They're well, like 30, 40 bucks, somewhere, even some are 20. So it, the price range is really good. Um, how do you guys keep the cost down for, you know, the consumers, you know, the new guys just hopping in, you know, don't want to buy like a cheap ball, but not like a Titleist golf ball. You know, what sets you guys apart? Yeah, I, I think the premium for a better price, I think, is not a particularly new angle. And I, I think for us, it's it. This is a kind of a brand or just a lifestyle that people want to be a part of. And we have kind of this this ball that we launched, the Odin X ball, which which you mentioned, which is 1999, and that's it's a three piece ball, and that's like a tailor made Project A. Uh, Callaway super hot kind of for mid to high handicappers uh, a really like a damn good ball that's not going to break your wallet as we say in in marketing speak on our website yeah that's Um, a really good price for for like in comparison to those two golf balls because I've hit those project aid balls and the tailor made those are nice yeah, they're they're great. It, you know, great quality. Um, you know, good good price, of course. And then we have our tour level balls coming out. Um, those are the kind of the darker boxes that you guys saw. Those are thirty nine ninety nine. Those are like Pro V ones and TP five. So we we want to we don't want to be pigeonholed in one. We we want to be able to again come one come all, and we do want to be able to serve that demographic. But I I think. The thesis that we had is I think 85% or 90% of the market doesn't really know the difference of the ball. They're just, they, they want to go out, they want to have fun. Yes. Maybe there's a part of that that want to have a performance ball. Um, but they, like you guys mentioned, like the price is, is a big factor for in clubs is another one and, and green fees. Um, but the balls we felt like, Hey, we wanted this to be, easy to get into, but also it makes your course experience great. Like we're not going to sell you rocks, you know, for this, for the sake of getting a, a cheaper ball. Like we, we want it to be like freaking good. Um, Quality, but, but also at a really good price. 
Yeah, definitely. And, and we, we kind of make it work from, you know, the business sense and then also the consumer sense. And, um, that's kind of how, how we run things and, and, and how we want it to be, you know, put build, building for ourselves is kind of the first thing we started with. And then looking at the different kind of target personas that we're going for, like you have, you know, the, like you, you mentioned Derek, the re, the weekend warrior Muni player, Yep. who's wearing dickies and high white socks, a Hawaiian shirt, maybe a gar, you know, maybe a Rita. Um, <laughs> <kind of> guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, kind of like us. And then there's, you know, the sticks. Well, you know, they're, they, they want a good ball. Like they're playing pro V one X's and um, like, yeah, that's part of the demographic or, you know, part of the one part of the golf ecosystem, one demographic, but it's not everyone. Um, so that, that's kind of the other thing that we looked at is, Hey, we're, what are the different segments? And then how can we provide value to them? In this case, it happens to be a golf ball. It could be a hat. It could be, you know, uh, some sort of technology it could be a club, um, could be a drink, like whatever it is, you're providing value to that specific person in whatever setting they're in. Right. Absolutely. So do you, um, are you, I know you'd mentioned earlier that you were in, uh, you have some of the golf balls, some, uh, the, the pro shops courses. Is it, are you, um, are you trying to promote or push towards like your, you know, your bigger golf, uh, uh, stores, like your, like a golf galaxy here or golf Smith or, uh, some of those type of stores or, or is, or are you really trying to kind of go to the pro shops and then try to push more like direct right to the consumer? Yeah, we, so we definitely, we have an online component and then we have kind of what we call an offline component. And that's basically, you know, with, with the pro shops. And I think one, one thing that when we started out and looked at kind of how golfers, buy things, how they consume things, what do they look for when they buy things? It's a very, uh, I mean, the, the great example you guys gave is the Ricky Fowler example. It's a very social proofed uh, community and game. Like, Hey, what are you wearing? Or what are you playing? Or what are you drinking? Or what music are you listening to? What are you jamming to? It's golfers in general are hungry for new gear. They're hungry for new stuff. Um, they want to play what other, their friends are playing or the tour players are playing or, you know, cool stuff they, that they see, yep. you know, in a, a online or on Instagram or, or in this case in a pro shop. So one of the things we wanted to do is say, look, for us to kind of meet the customer where she's at or where he's at, in this case, everyone needs to check in and, and you know, pay for their green fee in the pro shop, um, getting into that builds kind of the social proofing and also from a quality standpoint to say, look, Hey, here's an Odin box. I'm at the, you know, Hazeltine or whatever. Uh, I'm at the course and I see an Odin box in here like, Oh, th this looks great. And it, it, it's probably, you know, performs well. Um, it's at a great price point and like, Hey, I, I need darts. Like, you know, that's something that every golfer needs. So that was kind of the approach. We said, look, let's meet the customer where they're at at the watering hole, in this case, the watering hole is the pro shop and then give them the value of, Hey, I can reload later online. If I want on odengolf.com or, um, you know, down the line, like, like you mentioned, Derek, with the golf galaxy or PGA superstore, which, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll get in at some point, but we, we wanted to kind of 
do grassroots community driven in kind of how we do things and then, um, you know, provide value around that. Yeah. I like that take. Uh, I like, like how you kind of explain that. that that's, that's, that's awesome. I, the, the, the appearance on the box itself too. I mean, again, it's got that kind of that catchy look, you know, everything like, like the box colors look good. Just, I mean, the ball is simple and it's not yeah, it nice. crazy. You know, I think some brands try to do too much, like some of like the stuff Vice puts out where it's like 14 different colors and then it's paint splatter and then it's matte and like, they're all cool. Don't get me wrong. But -hmm. sometimes like if you're just in a rush and you're just looking like, okay, which one looks good? I mean, you got the box, you know, the paint splatter, the different colors, whether it's that white, black, or kind of that brownish red, like easily identifiable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think like say when you could kind of get, Sorry, Jordan, not to interrupt you, but you know, you stack that up against like a Pro V1 box or a Callaway box, it just kind of kind of jumps off the shelf almost in a way, which I think as far as even like brand and marketing, just based off the, the box, I think most people would kind of be interested in grabbing that and, and checking it out. And and again, it's you know, then you follow it up with the price point. So I I I love the uh I love the idea behind it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think we're, we're really excited and we, and we really have to kind of tip our cap to the other challenger brands and, you know, vices in there. And, you know, there's, there's many others uh, of the sorts that have kind of paved the way to challenge the traditional brands of that, that we knew and grew up with. And I think that that has kind of helped pave the way for new companies like ourselves and, and even, even from the social sense, which is a large component, and, and you guys are, are big pioneers there, is how people consume golf content and what they're looking for and what resonates with them. And, and most importantly, the form factor, like for you guys putting out very snackable videos and or it's, is it a meme? Is it a reel? Is yep. it a regular post? Um, and I think that is also a massive wave that... Um, has really kind of brought to light and, and progressed golf in new and exciting ways. And I think you guys are at the forefront of that. And, uh, and I think do an awesome job of, of making it accessible, growing kind of the awareness of the game, making it fun, not taking things too seriously, being kind of lighthearted, but also, um, you know, quintessential golf too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it, it kind of stems, uh, you know, several years ago, but, uh, started an Instagram page right after the masters. And it was like, well, it kind of started, it was, it was basically just kind of giving like a posting, not necessarily memes right away, but it was just different, uh, whether it was golf courses, tournament play, Tiger Woods stuff, just pr- pretty much anything that people in the golf community were really interested in. And, and the next thing, you know, it really kind of started taking off. And then I was getting, uh, you know, companies would reach out and, and it was, it's just crazy. The community, just but with the social media, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of negatives in social media, but there's a lot of positives. And this is definitely one of those where I've met so many people um, through Instagram, social media in the golf community. I've, you know, met people that are local here that I've played with, um, I've went and played different courses that I've, that I've connected with online uh, through uh, Instagram. So, and that was my whole goal. It's like, you know, I started realizing like, wow, there's, there's a, uh, there's, there's just something really interesting and big into this, that people are, there's a lot of people that are big golf fans and 
crazy golf nuts like myself. And that's kind of how it started. And then, uh, again, it just kind of kept on taking off. And then we would kind of transition into doing the memes and the funny videos, but, but also trying to help other brands also kind of take off as well. And that was that, that again, that's kind of where my whole, whole background was. It's like, this is just a little side gig type of deal that I just, it's kind of my little hobby. And then it, it just kind of continued to grow. And, um, we talked about this, me and Dom, we were going to college and we were in class and then that's kind of how we connected and met and we started playing golf. And then one day we were playing and I was like, dude, we should really start a podcast. Everyone loves podcasts and we're amateurs in the podcasting, but I think we've done a pretty decent job, um, for just having, you know, a mic and a a computer and being able to put something out. Well, now we have two mics. Now we have two mics. So yeah. So now we can kind of sit around and grow in, but, but it was just that, Mm -hmm. you know, where there's so many people that, and I, and I love listening to, different podcasts. So it's kind of that started with Instagram and it's still growing, but then now we're kind of branching off and using that safe park golf, safe park golf podcast to, to also as a platform to grow the game. Yep. Yeah. And, and so it just kind of, it's just different components and it continues to transition and everything's always constantly changing. But again, we're going to try to continue to move in those same directions of trying to continue to help like I said, Odin golf, for example, you know, we, we want to get people to know who you are and kind of get your background and your story and, and, you know, what sets you guys apart. So that that's kind of what, what I kind of consider safe bar golf is we're, we're a golf page and uh, for the people we want, we want people to, uh, to, to kind of get a good experience and, and just have a good laugh and also get some, you know, some good positive uh, oh, yeah. information on different brands that we might. Yeah, uh, and we're not, you know, we're not, great golfers you know Derek's way better than me we talked I about have that my last days. week yes yeah, i have my days i i'm currently a nine handicap but i really play at about a 12 but that's currently where i'm at i've played a lot more golf this year than i have in recent yeah. years i'm like a 20 but play at like a 45 <laughs> depends on the day <laughs> not necessarily <laughs> but but yeah and again i'm not one to i don't play in a lot of tournament play i i picked up the club's right out of that, right out of high school at the end of high school. So I didn't play very often when I was younger. And I think that was one of the reasons was the price and, and just, it's, it's a tough sport. It's a tough game to play. And if you're really not set on at that young of age, it's kind of frustrating. So it's just, it's a mental grind. It is, you know, I think explaining that to like, you know, newer players, younger players, like I say that, like I'm old, I'm 24. Yeah, I'm older than that. Yeah, we know. But <laughs> um, you know, explain to them like you. Know, a lot of it is physical, and I fully get that. But a lot of it is just kind of forgetting the shot you had before, resetting and doing it again. Whether you lost a ball or mm-hmm. you hit the shot of your life, you kind of have to chill out. Yep. You know, it doesn't really matter. It's not like yep. other sports where there's like all these different like momentum shifts or whatever. You know, every shot's different. Every hole's different. Every course is different. Absolutely. Well, every swing, every swing is different. And that's the beauty of a game of golf. It's, you, you know, I go out there and you could shoot a low eighties or high seventies. And then the next day you could shoot a 95 and that's the beauty of it. It's like, you know, you shoot that mid to late seventies. You're like, Oh, I think I got this figured it's also out. The worst part about it. You're it, like, it, man, it I got to figure it out. And, and then you go, shoot like 104. And yeah, you're like, the next I don't day you're like, doing. what the hell did I do <laughs> differently? You know? And that's, but that's, that's the golf. And that's why I think so many people keep coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the pursuit of the perfect strike, right? Absolutely, hundred percent. 
Yeah, um, it's um, and and I think the other thing is, and we've noticed, and I'm sure it seems like you guys have too, is that the golf community, whether it's a course or a brand or an influencer or a golf personality, everyone is incredibly receptive and not, um, I mean, we haven't come across anyone saying anything negative or no about what we're doing or what we're trying to do. I, I think it's just, it's a community of, of positive reception. Yes. There's the tradition of it that, you know, we're all trying to kind of break out in a way uh, not in a, ne- in a negative sense, but in kind of a positive light to open up the gates to, you know, the, the newcomers of the game or um, existing players who are, are still kind of missing the next phase in, in kind of their golf experience. So I, I think it's, it's the perfect time to do it. It's going to continue to grow and go gangbusters. And, and this is happening globally. Obviously, the U.S. is the, the biggest market, but, it, you know, this is happening everywhere, which is super fun. Absolutely. I, I agree with you on that. Uh, I don't want to take too much of your time because I know it's getting late there and I appreciate your time. Um, uh, I just had, just had a couple of quick questions. One, how, how, uh, so who's your favorite golfer or how did you get into the game of golf? I guess I should ask. So favorite golfers, Phil, um, yeah, also, Philly yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, big, big Phil fan. Uh, and I also went to ASU. So there, there's cool. a, there's a sun devil, um, Bias. Uh, some, yeah. Well, I was going to say kinship. Um, and two, yeah, yeah, and and um, and, and also love Tiger, and, and you know, just grow. I I started playing uh in the in the mid '90s, um, and and grew up watching you know the Tiger Phil rivalry, and uh, there were a ton of other good players too. You know, the Greg Normans, the Marco Maras, the uh, VJ Sings, Ernie Els, etc. Um, but um, I think. Yes, there's, you know, the, the, the Bryson, the Brooks feud, and, you know, there's kind of a new wave of, uh, you know, characters, but I, I, I still miss the, the Tiger Phil days. And, um, I know Phil stole around, but just the kind of the, the, the peak Tiger Phil, you know, uh, you know, sharing barbs, uh, I definitely miss, um, and, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's still fun having Phil around just, you know, the personality and he, he kind of gives, gives that kind of, you know, late nineties, early aughts, uh, vibe to it in kind of a new light, which, which is super fun. Yeah. He's great for the game of golf. I was actually surprised how tall he was. He's a pretty tall guy. He's like six, four, six, five. He's kind of a big guy. When I saw him at, uh, the Ryder Cup at Hazeltine, I was just shocked at how tall he was. Oh Yeah. 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 He's a big dude. Um, but, uh, yeah. And, and I think the other thing is he, like him and tiger played a certain type of ball and then the newer players are playing, you know, they're, they just, he's, he's adapted very well, I think, especially with, you know, obviously the distance him hitting nukes and stuff and is part of his personality, but he's adapted very well, which is super cool. Yeah. I, 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 do you, uh, do you, have you enjoyed any of those, uh, like two on two matchups with like Tom Brady, Phil and like Peyton Manning? Do you ever watch any of those where they're playing on the TV? Did you guys, did you get a chance to see those matchups at all? Just kind of the fun smash, uh, talking crap and all that. Did you, did you get to see that? Oh yeah. I, I, I got to see both of them. The, the latest one with, uh, Aaron Rodgers. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think I, I, I preferred the, the, the other one went with Tiger and Peyton. It just, I, I felt like the, 
there, I was missing a lot more trash talking. Like I think Bryson, he he's an interesting dude, but he was too, like they would say, Hey, like Bryson talk us through that shot. And he'd do like a technical explanation. And I like, yeah, we, we, I, we came for the shit talking. Right. Yeah, and I think I, Aaron Rodgers <laughs> was, yeah. Aaron Rodgers. I think he, I, I get, he has kind of that dry humor, but it was, it, it, it was a little too serious for the setting. Like I wanted side bets, like Phil doing, you know, uh, NASA bets or Aloha bets and, we're, you know, Hey, talking with Charles Barkley in the background. Yeah. Trying to, uh, yeah. I, I think that was the one with tiger and them where he was betting them when they're, we're on, they're on a uh, par threes and he just, you know, it's a, I bet 500,000 or 50,000. If you'd hit the, if you, if you can get it on the green and stuff like that, there really wasn't much, much of that trash talking going on in the last one. Yeah. And you can tell like Phil, especially was holding back a little bit. He, he, he kind of, he, he tried some to, I think lighten it a little bit, but it was still, it, it was, and it was, it was fun to watch because you know, we love golf or enthusiasts, but it was too, it was too, uh, it left a lot to be a desired, especially in the betting kind of trash talking like in that kind of setting, like that's what you want. You don't want like another PGA tour style event with technical analysis and stuff. Like, like we're, we just, we just want people shooting the shit and, yep. you know, hitting, hitting the shit out of the ball and, and losing dough. Right. Exactly. I <laughs> or agree. winning dough. You know? Yeah. One of the two. I think they should get them all boozed up next time. Yeah. Give them they have little... to take a shot or two before they, yeah, just yeah. like not like hammered by any means, but like, you know, a little buzz take the edge off. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. Cool. I'm feeling it. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like have a, have a bar cart on, you know, uh, at the turn and, you know, like, you have a cart yeah, yeah. Yeah, cart, yeah, whatever, <laughs> like just, yeah, they're, you know, they're, um, you know, they're having pops They're you know, they're, they're laying down some scroll, like, you know, that, that's the kind of stuff we want. Um, I, I don't know what they're going to do for the next one. Ho- hopefully they'd take some feedback and uh, rejig a little bit, but we'll see. Yeah. Hopefully they'll be listening to the podcast. Take some of our ideas. Yeah, for take it. shots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, two, here's two a, more. here's a, here's a, Oh, go ahead. No, no, go no, ahead, no, Derek. no, go ahead. Go ahead. Here, here's a question for you guys. Yeah. We like to ask this, uh, to, to people, um, you've been invited to play at Augusta. You can bring one PGA tour player, one friend or family member, and one famous person who, who are you guys bringing? That's a really good question. Now, is this a current or any type of PGA player? Is it, or could it, could it be, I mean, obviously I'd probably have to pick tiger if that, if that counts. What a generic answer. Well, that's who wouldn't pick tiger though. If you're a big tiger fan. Oh, well, okay. If, if you can pick anyone that's still right. Yeah. I'm taking Phil. Cause I want, I want the, the cast plus coffee. And I want to hit bombs. It's a good combination. You're right. Uh, as far as a famous person, gosh, that's a good question. I would take somebody who, like, you wouldn't necessarily pick to play golf, like Kevin Garnett. I would love to play with KG1, the smack talk. If you don't know who Kevin Garnett is, you need to, like, learn up on NBA history. <laughs> like, the greatest KG? Timberwolf ever. Yeah, um, I would say MJ. MJ and Tiger Woods. No, I want I want the trash talk of KG because I've heard ask anybody in the league, KG has like the meanest trash talk out of anybody. Yeah, no, I've heard like, some of his stories. That would be fun. Right, like I've heard Kobe has like the one liners, and that Michael just doesn't say anything. I want KG to like get in my opponent's head and go, 
Especially I'm scared of this money. Man. Like it's me, KG versus well, whoever. And, and he's a seven footer. Yeah. A seven one or something. And yeah. could you just imagine like, no, uh-uh. <laughs> Give me KG. Give me KG, Phil and Derek. I'm taking you. All right. I'll take you. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, yeah. You're welcome. But I got to take MJ <laughs> and Tiger because both of them are at their prime, probably the two of the best athletes of all time. I, I want the, I want like the, the mess though. I want the chaos. And the fact that you're just going to Augusta. That's what I'm saying. Can you imagine KG talking? Yeah, but shit KG at... can't talk shit if he's not good at golf. <laughs> MJ and Tiger. KG's still going to talk. Are you kidding me? <laughs> He'll just drive the cart and talk shit. <laughs> okay, so how about you? What's who, Who's your, uh, who's your uh, go-to? So I would I would do Phil. I would do my brother, and I'd do Charles Barkley oh, for yeah. the Kobe. Well, the smack talking and then also the gambling that the two of those guys would do. I think if we all three got that, if those groups, I couldn't imagine finishing 18 holes if we were all like, like one after another with all that smack talking with all KG those competitive. would scare all of your teams. <laughs> like. Charles Barkley's swing did, did improve, though, quite a bit. I mean, that swing was atrocious. He did. He's come a long way for yeah, sure. So I'll give him that. Um, I was going to ask you, so we always ask this question before we end the podcast is if you, yeah, if you have one go-to, if this is your last meal to eat or your favorite meal, it could be anything from at home where you're originally from or anywhere in Germany. What would you, what would you, what would be your go-to meal? Could be breakfast, lunch, dinner, whatever it is. You could spend 400 bucks at Taco Bell. Yeah. Whatever you want. What what are you getting? What are you getting? Can can you combine or is it just like here here's the one slot? This is what you got. Nobody's asked before. Yeah, why not? Oh, yeah, we'll have let you. Yeah, have a yeah have a feast and you can go to two different places or three if you want. That's a good. Nobody's really asked that. They just yeah. normally pick like a steakhouse or something. Yeah. No, have a feast. So I, I'm gonna do kind of the the full the full slate breakfast, lunch, dinner, just the entire day, and then. Love it. And and see where it goes. So for breakfast, I'd probably do a breakfast burrito uh, with some salsa, fresh salsa in the morning, hit the track. Uh, lunchtime, I would do, so I'm Sicilian by background and grew up eating all the classic Italian uh, American meals. So pasta and meatballs, lasagna, eggplant parm, chicken parm. So I'd probably do a lunch of that. And then for dinner, I, I would probably do like a full barbecue spread, like some ribs, pulled pork, brisket, some mac and cheese, some really, really freshly baked cornbread with some, with some, uh, with some butter melting on it. Do you want to hang out with us? Yeah, that's literally the best food (laughs) meal that I think I I don't think I could have picked a a better one. That sounds amazing. Granted, I, I do love my Mexican. I love tacos, but burrito. It's like a taco. Yeah, just, kind just of similar different. to breakfast. Yeah, it's a big taco, and and definitely the 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 pasta. Love the pasta. Okay, yeah, no, whatever. But the the barbecue. Yeah, I do want to hang out because I'll hang out. That cornbread sounds good too. I love oh it. man, so uh, what is? Uh, yeah, th- 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 this is what I was wondering. So barbecue obviously has different regions and, and different specialties. What What is it like in Minnesota? Is it a mix of the different, you know, the South and Texas? What does that look like there or you know, Kansas city or what, what no, is it? I, I we don't, we don't have our own barbecue per se. Yeah. It's the, I mean, the beautiful part of Minneapolis and one of my favorite parts of Minneapolis is the fact that it's a big melting pot. You know, you can go down any street in any corner and find a different ethnicity to eat. Yeah, very diverse. Yeah. It's very diverse. 
I would say like we have like a lot of famous Daves. Um, there's yeah, a place in Anoka. Your standard like bomb. barbecue, like nothing like the the Texas or Kansas City from like the famous barbecue places. Not saying that we don't have any good ones, yeah. but um, I mean, there's a place in Anoka that was on Diner Drive and Dives. Q Fanatic, bar- yeah. Okay, I've been there. They're pretty good. I've heard of Q Fanatic. Yeah. yeah, I don't. Ordering's weird, but it's pretty good. Yeah, and so for like here, like I live so like downtown, but I live close to what they call the North Loop, which is kind of like a very, very uh, urban, urban, but it's like a very, it's growing. But they have all sorts of cool restaurants and some of the new like places now that have uh, that they've built is basically like a like one big building, and they've essentially like orchestrated like three or four different restaurants in the building. And then they have a bar in the middle. So it's kind of cool. Like if you might be a picky eater and maybe you don't want pizza, but then there's like three or four other restaurants for me to choose from. So I've, you tend to kind of see that kind of being a little bit more common now where it's like, okay, you have like, you know, a really good pizza joint, um, some Hawaiian food or some Chinese food. Uh, I had a really good Mexican food the some, other, like a couple weeks ago. Some yeah. Mexican food. Mm. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. kind of like, there's been, there's a couple of those that have popped up within the last few years here. And so the atmosphere is awesome because you can grab a drink and again, you can kind of just hang out pretty much anywhere throughout the bar. They got a couple where they have rooftops. So they have like three restaurants on the bottom, three restaurants on top, and then a bar on below and top. So it's a really nice area. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty laid back, but at the same time, like it has a lot of different options, but unfortunately we really don't have any, like, at least to my knowledge, fully authentic barbecue places. I'm sure there, there is, but nothing that I'm too familiar with. We have a super good pie place way up North on the North shore. Pie. pie. Oh, like, like, like yeah. cherry pie, like True. pie pie, like dessert, pie dessert, pies. dessert pie. Yeah. yeah. I'm not, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not a huge pie guy. Ooh. French silk's pretty good. And I will like, I, I is that, is like, that a pie though? I don't know. They call we, it a pie. We get into a whole debate where technically it could be a cake. Okay. If we want to go that route, Jordan, <laughs> all right. Last question. Sorry. Is, is, uh, you probably seen this all over social media. Is a hot dog, a hot dog, or is it a sandwich? Uh, um, I did. I did come across it. Is this still? Where is this at? Actually, is this? A, is this gained a lot of steam? I. You know. I don't know. Like I. No know, pun intended. Yeah, exactly. I've never really thought about it. And someone oh, I've I seen have. it on social media, and I'm like, it's a that's. I would never call a hot dog a sandwich, but when you think about it, I don't well, know what the real difference is. See, my thinking is, you know, everyone's like, oh, well, the bread's open. Well, is is like a sub sandwich. Like that bread's open, it's just turned sideways. Why can't you turn the hot dog? And some hot dog sideways. buns though are split. Are split already. Yeah. Some of the buns to a sandwich. But is it because like it's, it's not round? Of the bun. Is it not because it's on a sandwich oh. bun? Because they have a sandwich bun. Well, and you it's could a, it's a, a hot dog bun. You put a hot a, dog on like a hoagie bun. You could, but I'm saying like when you go buy buns, it's a hot dog bun, not a sandwich bun. Most of them are. Well, I don't know if it's because it's round and that's just I don't know. I don't know. I like. I don't, what's your dog. take on that? I would probably say it's not a sandwich. Um, and again, I, I guess it depends on your definition of a sandwich, but it, uh, as you mentioned, Dom, a, a sandwich is, it's kind of enclosed and, uh, you know, there, there's toppings and stuff that's basically within, you know, the, the roll or whatever it's on. Um, it's interesting here. So obviously encased meat is massive in Germany, meat in tube form, AKA, um, and what they do is, yes, they eat it on the plate plain without bread, but when they do eat it in bread, 
it's usually the sausage sticks out and there's a little piece of bread that kind of holds it together. And it's in the middle of the sausage, if that makes sense. So it's in that case, it's, it's completely like the, the sausage slash hot dog is completely out of the bread. And I, I wouldn't put that in the sandwich camp. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you, if you do chop up a hot dog, let's say, and you put it in a, you know, in a French roll and it's all enclosed, then yeah, we could call it that a sandwich. Is there one place that is your go-to in, in, in uh, Berlin there for food that you just love? Is there a, like a spot that you, it's kind of like, I'm just craving it, you know, like once a week at least. So when I was talking about the last meal with the Mexican food, the barbecue, when I first moved here, the first three or four years, and I've gotten used to it now, but the first three or four years, I was going through withdrawals for Mexican food and barbecue. <laughs> and um, it, there are expats living here and, and it's since gotten better since 2013. You know, you can get a, a, a solid burger, you can get some barbecue, you can get some Mexi- Mexican food. It all gets, I call it gets the job done. Mexican <laughs> gets the job done barbecue. And then when I go home, I splurge and, you know, I, I basically am doubled over in pain. Um, but it, it's catching up it, for it, lost times on the food. Yeah, that's right. But it, it's, it's definitely gotten better. I mean, you can get ribs, you can, you know, you can get the typical barbecue fare, you get good, get good, good burgers, you can get some tacos and stuff, but it's, it's just, it's, I mean, it's like, you know, eating Italian food in uh, you know, Shanghai. I mean, yeah, maybe it's, it's good. And maybe it's an Italian chef, but um, you want to go to Rome and eat that pasta yeah. probably still just not quite the same or just not what. Yeah. I will say we have a yeah. really good Polish place in Minneapolis. You ever been to Kamarczyk's? Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. It's like, um, so it's Polish, which for a long time I thought it was a German place. So I got really excited. It's a Polish place. Um, it's like cat, no, like cafeteria styled. So you get oh. a and you go through and you get like sauerkraut, you get Polish, you get big old meatballs. Really? Uh-huh. Kermarchek's. Okay. Kermarchek's. No, it's like, it's they do pierogi. They do. Oh man. Those are, those are killer. They do pierogies. I, I love their Reuben. I'm a big Reuben nice. Guy. Oh man. Well, shit, I guess I got to come to the tournament next summer. I know. You got to come to the Twin Cities. We'd love to have you. Jordan, I appreciate your time, man. I know it's getting late, so I apologize. Um, Let's definitely uh, try to connect a little bit further down the road. We'll have you on again if you'd like to. Maybe we can kind of talk about, you know, uh, once the the golf balls, you can, you know, talk more about about the brand and, and kind of follow up. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, that sounds good. Thanks, guys, for having me. And um, so we... Uh, I'd like to do a post uh, of the pod uh, on our profile um, and um, yeah, we can do like a sound wave, you know, sound bite, you know, teaser, and then link to the pod. It's whatever you guys want to do. We can design something for you. Just, just let me know. And, and I'd like to do it for you. If, if, if you'd like, I can actually do that. And I can email it to you. Awesome. Sounds great. Yeah. Just, um, yeah. When, when this is ready, um, you know, let me know and, and uh, we'll repost it. Awesome. Sounds good. Jordan, thanks again for your time and appreciate you being on the podcast. And again, I know like I said, it's what, so it's, you're probably uh, way past your, uh, your bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, I don't know, but it's looks like it's getting late. It's already what six here. Yeah.
Yeah. So again, Jordan, thanks for your time. And uh, uh, for whoever's listening, Odin Golf, check them out. Odin Golf is, I believe, your hash, uh, your Instagram handle, correct, Jordan? Yeah, Odin.golf, uh, hashtag go balls out always. Awesome. Thanks again. Have a good night. Appreciate it. Take care, guys. Have a good one. Thanks again. Yep. Thank All you. right. Later. Bye. Bye.